thanks for joining me today, Nika. Super happy to and excited to chat about something that, you know, interests me because I think we have a bit of a uh, similarity in that we have family members that we're very close to very far away. And Definitely. now with sort of all the, the tools we have to, to sort of connect, we still see, it still seems to be not very intuitive and not very engaging. I want to talk about Peekabond and what you're building, um, yeah. but talk about sort of the, the catalyst. It seems like, like I said, we sort of have something similar where you have a niece in Australia and right. you're here in Amsterdam. I'm here in Amsterdam and my nephew is in New Orleans. So yeah. both very, very far away, halfway around the world from, from really members that we, we love in our family. So I guess talk about the situation and I guess how that um, inspired you to build Peak Bond. Yeah, thanks. So I think um, the catalyst is definitely my little niece who was born about two and a half years ago. I had this idea for quite a while that bonding with someone at a distance is diff difficult because my sister was living in right. Australia for quite a while. But as adults, we can, of course, video call like we're doing now. But when I met her for the first time, I was actually in Amsterdam, the airport at uh, Schiphol. Mm -hmm. And um, my sister had like had her for six weeks. She had come all the way from Australia by herself with her six-week-old wow. uh, baby, arrived at the airport and was like, oh, I'm done with this flight. Please hold her for me. And I never had anything like with babies until I held her baby for the first time. It was just indescribable yeah. feeling. The time stood still and I was like, holy shit, this is so special. I didn't know what was happening. And all I could think was my life doesn't matter. What I want is for her to be a happy, loved, safe human being. And I want to do everything in my power to make her feel my love and enable her uh, in, in her development. But of course, two weeks later, my sister went back on the plane to right. Australia. We kept in touch like with WhatsApp calling and everything, but I just felt like, okay, there's no way I can build a deeper bond having interactions like these. So I started looking online and I saw that there were no solutions out there available that really cater to our needs. Like there are some online reading apps, but um, yeah, I'm not reading online for baby, right? And also reading is pretty um, static. Like you're, you're sitting down in the same spot. You have to be live at the same time. And I just thought, okay, no, I think it should be different. Um, and I didn't find it. So I decided, okay, you know what? I'm going to create it myself. I had Kind of like the dream to have my own company for quite a while. Um, my background is in venture capital. So I worked for about eight years for different investment uh, vehicles. And I saw hundreds of startups passing by my desk and always like had a feeling, I, would I want to work here? Would I want to work here? No, 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 no. Never had that one thing that I thought, okay, this is good enough for me. Until um, this personal passion started boiling, uh, I guess, since the start of the COVID crisis where I saw a huge opportunity, not just through the pandemic, where families are not even able to visit each other, but also the fact that, uh, you know, families are getting more global. And I just saw a huge yeah, momentum there. So I thought, okay, this is the moment. I was back then about 30 years old. And I was like, okay, if I'm ever going to do it, it's now like the longer you wait with being an entrepreneur, the more difficult it gets, I guess. So I just went for it. And um yeah, fast forward now, we have the app in the App Store. It's been downloaded in 28 countries. Users are super excited about it. When, when you first started to, to look at it, right, because you can make, there's so many game apps, right? There's so many sort of, it's probably like sort of family apps, but based around sort of gamification where everybody can, like I've played some on a couple apps where you could play like a, 
like a board game like live with each other but mm-hmm. i think what what sort of you've really done is taking the time to talk to scientists and talk to people in the space about what do grandparents need right what exactly. do children need what do parents want right there's there's all these different aspects more than just like having it sort of be a, a game but psychologically what goes into it from you know age you know two to you know age eight and then a grandmother who mm-hmm. is 70 across we're like how can we make it not great just for kids but also great for the adults and the elderly exactly. that's going to be using it so i guess walk us through the the first steps of case like hey i want to do this like who did you start to go and talk to right to say hey how can we make this app different how can we make it engaging from a scientific level from a psych psychological level what were those processes like yeah great question so um when i started i just started doing a lot of mom tests um (laughs) pun intended (laughs) so i started to speak to a lot of moms dads grandparents and experts as well over time i think i've I've now spoken to over 300 families um and just really digging into their uh, key pains and and also what they would like to gain from our app Um, And as it turns out from scientific research, 40% of children do not experience secure attachments, meaning um, like a safe where they can really explore and and develop from. And also 70% of of parents actually feel increasingly stressed since COVID, like they had to balance work, Mm. life, and also making sure that kids had those warm bonds with uh, a broader social network. And then also 40% of grandparents regularly feel lonely. So I thought, hey, there's something yeah. in these statistics, right? And we thought, okay, how can we solve this problem by creating something that helps those grandparents feel less lonely, um, whilst also helping build those social emotional bonds for young children and giving parents a little bit of time back in their lives, right? Because they're super busy and um, the grandparents actually do have the time to spend time with their grandchildren. They just don't have the ability to, um, you know, physically be present all the time. Uh, So that's how we started interviewing a lot of people, really narrowing down on what are we really trying to solve. And I guess what we've come down to is an, an app Um, We call it a digital playground for global families uh, where they can come together and uh, receive science-based content suggestions, which are um, really based on child development science, like mapping out the entire child development journey and giving um, content suggestions that help children develop around specific milestones that they go through. And you can record videos in our app based on those games and suggestions that we give and send them what's called asynchronously. So you don't have to be live at the same time. You can record a video, send it to the child. We're now even building a feature where the response of the child is actually captured of the video that you send and vice versa, right? The child can also send a video Uh, to the loved one at a distance and uh, that response can also be captured. So basically the two value propositions that we saw our users needed most was the inspiration because they don't really know how to be playful. I think that's also an important thing to mention that a lot of grownups at some point in their life just forget how to be playful and um, especially behind the screen, right? So the first uh, value proposition is really like giving those content suggestions. And the second one is to save everything in our app for uh, on one spot for the child because you know people can share videos back and forth on whatsapp as well but yep. it's all scattered around different yep. whatsapp groups and 
there's yeah. not like one spot that's safe and secure for for children so um yeah we're building that and it gets lost in in the stream of messages right when you go back and find something there's not a way to like really have a folder structure to where you can save certain things from from certain people and like you know your own folder set so a big thing that i've noticed is like the time difference right yeah it's like i really like when I call my nephew, you know, all the time, like just when something happened, I'm just like, I want to call him, but I'm like, oh crap, it's <laughs> 2.30 in the morning over there. Right? <laughs> like, it's just like, yeah. damn. Um, not going to happen. Yeah, yeah not going to happen. And, and so I think trying to create that connection in different sort of time zones around the world, to me, that that's, in, that's sort of a thing that I'm transitioning and dealing with. Like, what are some of the issues when you talk to those 300 families, right? Like, I guess, what was mm. some of their feedback and what was their pain, their pain points that, that they wanted to, to resolve? Yeah, so definitely the time zone difference was uh, mentioned a lot, but planning with children is difficult, period. Even if you have uh, found a time that you're alive at the same time and you're calling, uh, you know, children are very much in the moment. They might not feel like it in that specific particular moment right. so uh, exactly. they might yeah. just really be playing with a toy um, and really don't feel like sitting behind the camera with family at a distance which makes the family at a distance also you know sometimes sad like hey I'm here but she she doesn't she's not interested in me right uh, or he for that matter so uh, planning with young children is difficult or for any parent like regardless of the time zone difference I think the asynchronous um, solution that we've built really lowers the barrier for that. We uh, also think that over time, we might also enable asynchronous, but we had to start somewhere. And the reason is, you know, when you send a video asynchronous, what you don't have is that response of the child, right? That really interacting interactivity. So we're really trying to build something that's super interactive, but you don't have to be in the same spot at the same time, uh, because that's where um, that the key barriers are. So um, recording those responses, for example, is a way to make that uh, interaction more possible. Uh, and we're also building other uh, things um, like built-in questions and ping pong effects that um, help uh, families to really uh, keep engaging with the app. When you talk about the asynchronous part of it and you get their reaction, you mean like when they watch the video, you are able to watch it like two hours later or something, you, you know, you wake up and they watched it. You can look at the phone. You can watch their reaction to your exactly. video, you're saying? Okay. Yeah, and we merge okay. those two. So we'll also see what part of the video that you sent the child laughs about, right? It's not just the video of the child laughing, but uh, it's the merged uh, video. So we're actually building that right now. And uh, <laughs> the first responses are yeah, very positive there. Yeah, that, that's cool. That's cool. What about some of the other, I guess, features or whether it's, you know, games is, is I think, sort of the, the first level, right? The sort of right. the ability to to congregate that way. I guess, what, what are you thinking about from, from that lens? And then some of the other stuff that has kind of been a little bit successful so far yeah so one of my co-founders uh, has a phd in gamification so um and also a master in child development just for science. those listeners out there that does exist phds <laughs> in gamification like that is a real deal thing you're basically just playing the whole time right no it's it's a really it's a it's a thing and it's so important actually because learning by playing is uh, a really great technique and somehow like I said, we've lost touch with that. And uh, we believe we want to bring that back to 
people's lives, not just children, but also adults. I think it will make their lives lighter and uh, more happy as well, right? Um, so one of the things that we're um, building as well is, because now when you log into the app, you get basically content cards served to you, uh, but we wanna build cer certain levels, like um, it's called scaffolding, that you start with level one, level two, level three, almost like uh, exactly like Super Mario is also built, right? With the very uh, low barriers to entry. And as you dive deeper into the app, it becomes more engaging and more difficult as well. We also intend to build something like that. So something super light to start up the conversation. And ultimately, as you go along the path together, uh, almost like a board game, you uh, dive into deeper questions, right? When the children get a bit older, you can also start talking about family values, uh, maybe emotions, like the tougher conversations that definitely don't people don't really tend to talk about when you're video calling with children because it's just not something that right. comes into mind yeah. of, of most yeah. people. Um, so that's how we really want to change the world, basically, to <laughs> uh, use technology as a source for good um, and to make it easier for people to build deeper, meaningful connections with children at a distance. So we see like a lot of um, other interesting features down the line, right? Having uh, funny augmented reality filters or, you know, drawing a funny face on grandpa or, um, you know, reading stories in the app or even have like user generated content. There are so many things that we can do with that, yeah. even uh, yeah. increasing that network effect. But yeah, the challenge is always to keep it very simple and uh, build out from there, right? As, um, as a startup. Talk about your, you talked about your co-founder there for, for a second, the PhD in gamification. Was that it, when you sort of had you know, the I feel idea. like you're jealous. Like you wanted I, to. I'm have a bit. I, well, I think that like it just. It's such a, like you think of. I think when you say that, like you think of it differently. Like you think video games, right? But mm. now, I mean, almost every single app now, you know, from finance apps to sports mm. apps to, they're all gamified, right? right? Whether good or bad, like there's yeah. there's gamification to sort of everything. Exactly. Um, and so when you were creating this, when you first came up with this, did you go to her first, right? Was that, were you talking about this with her already? I guess how was, I guess when I talk to founders, it's, I always love having a co-founder is like so important and like choosing yeah. that person or even knowing that person, like it's yeah. such an advantage to have a really great co-founder. So I guess oh, talk yeah. about that relationship and how, how did that happen? wholeheartedly agree like uh, the team is really the most important thing I think uh, when you look at early stage startups um, more so than the idea it's really the team and how they execute and I found out like the first half year I was just you know tinkering and interviewing a lot of people and building stuff in, in no code platforms um, yeah. really finding my way around a bit but I quickly found out okay I'm not a technical person I don't know anything about you know child development science I need <laughs> To have the right people around me yeah. i guess if, if there's one skill that i have is to find people who are better at stuff than i am and just grab them and <laughs> get them on board so um my first uh co-founder was actually my co-founder vincent who is uh, a product ux expert and the first half year it was actually the two of us 
interviewing a lot of people like how can we make this solution uh, in the best way possible to solve uh, the problems that our users have yeah. and who it, who are our users, right? And then I guess last year around the August, I think my third co-founder, Ellie, I came along and uh, each of us, we actually had a, a diff, like a very different profile and we did a pretty professional way of what's called now, I guess, co-founder dating. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah. Great. So really kind of like dating for a while before actually getting yeah. married into the co-founder relationship, because if you think about it, you know, you're going to see your co-founder maybe more than your life partner. So Absolutely. might as well pick someone Absolutely. who you really work well together with. So how long was that dating period real quick? Like how long was, would so you say that was? I think about three months. Okay. Like I would say a minimum of three months is needed yeah. before you really have your first fight or your first, uh, you <laughs> Just, know, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. totally, no, like totally, totally. Yeah. Cause then so you, with we, three, with three people, somebody's going to get outvoted, right? Like you're going to need exactly. to go through those things. Yeah. So, um, I actually recommend anyone who is in that phase to have a look, uh, at a article from first round capital. They made like 50 questions. Every mm -hmm. co-founder should ask each other before uh getting on board with each other uh, and it has like these really tough questions about like should one co-founder be able to fire another one and um uh, what's a good exit and do you ever want to exit and like these really um right. questions that you you don't want to find out i guess later down the line that you're fundamentally not agreeing about certain core values so uh, that's a thing that we did. We did like value tests. We spent uh, some really time uh, with, together offsite because Alia and Vincent actually already knew each other. Like uh, from, I guess, four years ago, they met at an event for angel investors and they became friends since. Uh, but Vincent and I, we, we didn't know each other. So I just met him through a mutual friend. So um, I know that a lot of um, investors, uh, when they invest in founders, they consider you know long-term relationship or friends like a really good way to assess whether the team is uh, a good fit so we really had to um how do you say pressure cook i guess our relationship yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah we did that and uh yeah we're working really well together um also because we are so different when you talk about so i want to hit on uh, a couple a couple of things here based off that and you know one is funding Right. And there's a lot of different ways to go about building a product, starting a product, you know, have you have an idea, right? That's ideas are kind of everywhere. They come to us all the time, but mm -hmm. executing on your idea is something that I think people need to learn how to do. Like you said, like you did, you were trying to play around with like certain tools and you kind of like realized like, okay, this is, this is maybe <laughs> not what I'm good at executing. At. I need to go get I'm good at going and finding the, execu the executors to do these specific things. Um, so I guess when you were in that range of launching it, right, and you had sort of an investor network, were, were you at a stage where you wanted to go raise money for this? Or do you say, hey, we're going to invest our own time and money to building the product, gets a little bit of validation before we go raise money? Yeah, um, I think there's two things there. One, it, it really depends also on your personal financial runway, right? Some founders yeah. have maybe exited a company before they have the cash yeah. to really bootstrap and build it. And I think if you can bootstrap, I would definitely recommend everyone to do that. Like keep your equity as long as possible. 
for me. I was in VC for eight years, but I never <laughs> uh, yeah. made it to the end of the fund. So I never got <laughs> my carried interest. Uh, so yeah, I did have some savings, but not in a sense that you can say, okay, I, I have a luxury to bootstrap. So that's one thing. And then of course, the second thing is the type of business that you have. So uh, we have a social venture where um, it's really all about engagement before monetizing. So mm -hmm. we don't have like an e-commerce platform, for example, where right. you can sell things like from day one. We really have to build the platform and get the user engagement before we can start implementing, like, for example, a subscription business model. So yeah. there's really a, a long runway, I guess, to uh, to monetize, monetization. Yeah. And um, I did think about this like uh, a lot because obviously being a VC, my default option yeah. was almost like, oh, I know that role re really well. Yeah. So I guess I should also be fundraising. But I did think that through very consciously because you do want to have the right investors on board that are value aligned uh, and not just anyone with cash, right? So sure. uh, we're really looking for investors who understand in our, uh, yeah, under understand our product and know that it takes a little while to uh, build it and also to um, have uh, monetization, I guess, and who may be also interested in, you know, the remote bonding problem and right. that we're building a, uh, a social venture, which is not just, uh, yeah. you know, which is not going to be profitable next year. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty challenging, uh, game. I have to say, because in the Netherlands, uh, investors are quite conservative. They, always ask like, okay, so when are you going to break even? Uh, and they're not really used to ventures that, for example, don't have revenue right now, but uh, plan to in the future. So, uh, and there are not, not a lot of B2C investors either. So I'm uh, almost programmed yeah. to yeah. start raising from impact investors or, you know, tech investors uh, internationally. So uh, yeah, that's also what I'm doing now. And it's an exciting journey. Yeah, <laughs> the, that was my my next question was like, you know, B2C and, and you know, when I talk to some founders and, and friends of mine who want to who are want to build like apps, right, you know, say, OK, well, well, do you want to build a consumer app, you know, mm -hmm. because you're <laughs> are you sure you're, I was like, <laughs> think about what you're saying, right, is that yeah. you're you know how many users you need to get to make a consumer app viable for, you know, investors and to really monetize. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, how do you think big? It, yeah. Yeah. You, you, uh, I'm like, well, your total addressable market might not be what you think it is for what you can get to, because to get to that, you're going to have to spend money. Like, how are you going to get these users? Mm. You can build yeah. a really solid, good product, you know, but it's like, okay, we well, have to get users to use your really good product, right? And not right. just a thousand, two thousand, five thousand, ten thousand. But you know, millions, you got to think in the maybe millions. billions, <laughs> you got to think in the millions, yeah, right? And exactly. it's just like, it, I'm like, you have to spend so much money to get that. So you have to raise a lot of money to get that. So I guess, you know, that's how why, you, yeah, how, yeah, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. No, no. How do we do that? Yeah. Uh, how so, do you look at, yeah. How do you look at growth? Because it, it's really, like you said, it's almost a network effect, which is powerful for families, I think, mm -hmm. um, yeah. which is really good. Cause if you have a family, it's not necessarily one user, it's probably five or six. Yeah, right. that's what we so see in our that's really app as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's um, a couple of things there. So 
it really helps that my background is in venture capital. So I know that game a bit. And I think, you know, I have an unfair advantage in that sense to, you know, have funded startups uh, in the past that uh, have similar propositions. So, for example, I've invested in a company called Skula here in the Netherlands for primary, primary school children uh, to gamify, uh, to, to learn their uh, primary school materials through gamification. And also through Rubio, my former um, impact fund, I invested in a company called Olio um, in the UK uh, and their food waste mitigation app where, uh, you know, people who have food left over, they can donate it to anyone who is in, in, in hunger, I guess, and in need of food. And they uh, basically also last year raised over 40 million uh, in funding for um, uh, scaling their company, whereas it's not even... Well, they are monetizing, but they're definitely uh, not like a, a huge <laughs> yeah. revenue uh, generating business yet. And I've, I've seen how they do it and I've learned their tricks and I, I know how the game works. So that it gives me, I guess, an unfair advantage to anyone else building a B2C uh, app from scratch. And yeah, you're right with respect to growth uh, model. Referral is definitely a key uh, acquisition channel. So we already see that on average in our app for each parent, they would invite maybe four or five other people in their little family circle to right. connect with their child. Um, and that's within families. But we also see that, you know, our first, uh, if you will, beachhead uh, user is expat parents. And they are mm -hmm. very close knit uh, communities of expat parents. Like they hang out with each other and Right. Um, you know, it, it's a super interesting thing to see how uh, they also recommend our product to other expat parents. Um, and the same holds, I guess, for grandparents. You have to have a really clear strategy there. We have a very uh, yeah, extensive go-to-market uh, plan. Um, <laughs> and uh, in short, what I can say, I can talk, can talk about this for an hour, but um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> how, how old is your, uh, your niece now? She's now two and a half, so she turns three in July. Is she developing a, a Aussie accent at all? How does that <laughs> oh, <work>? yeah. She's <laughs> yeah, yeah. totally Aussie. Yeah, my sister as oh, well, shoot. actually. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, my sister also has a very Aussie accent. So she has, a, she has a Dutch Aussie accent? Yeah, some people in Australia think she's local. Like, she's really wow. dig down to <laughs> dig into the uh, the accent, yeah. So, That's uh, funny. So she could speak Dutch in an Aussie accent. Probably yeah, sounds. exactly. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She even says uh, ta, like a very uh, Aussie um, way of saying thanks. So um, it's very cute. Like uh, my uh, my sister would give her something and she would say ta. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. just very cute. So we'll kind of end a little bit on, you know, the future. And I know it's so early on, right? Uh, mm. But you've kind of already developed a lot of features, you know, for, for the app. So, mm -hmm. you know, it, when you sit down in with your co-founders and you talk about, you know, the day-to-day -day stuff is different than I think, you know, that, that 10 year sort of vision. Right. And I think coming from, from your point of view, bootstrapping early on, you know, building a product for, you know, not taking, you know, really early venture, you're building for a long term, right. You're looking at probably a, you know, a decade long sort of, you know, journey here, building this yeah. out. So mm -hmm. when you when you look out that long, I guess what does success look like for for you and and the team? 
Yeah, so we've clearly defined that for the next four years. Uh, so in four years, we'll have 4 million families on our platform. For the next 10 years, I haven't mapped it out uh, yet, like the, the number. Uh, but I think drill, drill down to the, the core, it's really to help global families build bonds with young children at a distance. And that why, I guess, is really clear the how and the what will also, you know, be um, really dependent also on how the future developments will take place. For example, uh, we see a lot of uh, things happening in the metaverse and Web3 as well, but of course that's not accessible yet for, for grandparents. I don't see a grandparent wearing a VR uh, glasses any day soon, but I um, that's something that we need to keep in mind um, because it does give an opportunity right if you want to be together uh, at a distance um, that could be a very interesting development if it takes off so we have to keep in mind the trends in the market uh, whilst also uh, building something that people can actually use now so um, yeah i think we're just going to be the authority on helping global families build bonds across generations, time zones, and locations. And the way we do it, it's really going to be dependent on, you know, what our users want and uh, the market trends. Wow. Well, I mean, it's, uh, the, the market is, is there because, you know, I, it's, it's something I, I personally deal with. And I know that just being here, there's, I've had two friends in the last two months have, have kids here. And their yeah. families are not here. Exactly. Right? And so have you, you know, recommended not... Pickaboo yet? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Great. And it's uh so you can start to really, really see, you know, living abroad, you also see other populations and communities living abroad that have the sort of same issue. So you yeah. can see how this sort of, you know, network effect can sort of happen quite quickly. Yeah. And there is not another tool out there that does everything really, really well. Definitely. Yeah. So uh, best of luck to, to you and the team for, for the next decade to come. And, uh, you know, thanks for taking the time. Thanks and uh, stay playful. And uh, yeah, also uh, to anyone listening, because I know you have a very international audience. Yeah, we uh, have an English app and uh, it's completely free. Uh, looking forward to... Uh, yeah, having anyone try it out and uh, always feel free to give me feedback. You can reach me on info at picabond.com. Yeah, I'll put everything, I'll put everything in the show notes. So we'll have we'll have everything in there that people can connect and, and check it out and ask questions if need be. So thank you so much. Awesome, Grant. Great. Have a great day. Ciao ciao. Yeah.